0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Um, But we're kicking off tonight in Exodus uh, chapter 14, um, verse 3. Exodus 14, verse 3 um, through 4. A little context of where we pick up. Uh, So, Um, The Israelites, um, they have been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, as we know, Uh, but then God sends uh, a man named Moses to uh, uh, free them from the grips of Pharaoh, and they, uh, through the plagues and through the the 10 plagues that God sent to Egypt, um, Pharaoh releases uh, the Israelites from being slaves, and they're about a week removed um, from Egypt, and uh, they are encroaching to the place of the Red Sea, and and this is where then God tells them to actually circle around back. And they t- kind of take a confusing route when you look at it uh, geographically. They, they go in a, in a confusing route. And, and then this is where we pick up in uh, verse 3. It says, Pharaoh will think that the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the deserts. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, but I will gain glory. Everybody say glory. Glory. He said, I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. If you don't know this about God, know that he does everything um, in this world with one goal, and that's for him to get the glory. That's the goal of the purpose that you serve. Isn't that you get the glory. It's so that God gets the glory. So, we might be confused in life because you might be saying, well, Caleb, uh, I, I keep on trying to move forward, and, and it seems like uh, nothing is going right in my life. It seems like nothing is going according to plan. Uh, then you need to ask yourself, are you doing things right now so you could receive the glory, or are you doing things right now so God can get the glory? Because if you are on a path for you to get glory, I'm sorry to tell you, but God's not going to be in that. God's not going to bless that. But when you say, God, I want to live a life that it doesn't matter what's by my name. It doesn't matter if I have it. no recognition. As long as you get the glory, that's the kind of life I want to live. That's the kind of life that God will bless. He said, I will get the glory. And it says, and the Egyptians Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Turn to your neighbor and say that title for tonight's message, the the balance of breakthrough. The balance of breakthrough. With that being said, y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Thank y'all for standing. Uh, Let's pray over the service together. Uh, Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight, God. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit having his way, God, in this place. We thank you for soft hearts and open minds. We thank you, God, that we are here to see uh, what only you can do, Jesus, to see our lives be transformed from the inside out, see the renewal of our minds, to watch the old die and the new come alive, Father. On the inside of us, we, we gather tonight, Father, to, to grow closer to you, to, to be less of the flesh and more of the spirit, to, to release the old, God, but get, to grab on to the new and to the purpose and to the promises that you have on our lives. So, Father, we thank you for miracle signs, and wonders taking place tonight, for our salvations taking place tonight, God. Thank you for your will taking place tonight, Father. And God, as we uh, approach March Madness tomorrow, Father, bless UT. Let them at least win one game for me. In the name of Jesus, and everybody says, I mean, I'm gonna put your hands together for Jesus. If you don't know, I'm am a I'm a big UT fan. And if you keep up with UT basketball or any sport or most sports, you know, they have been Disappointing me lately, but this is our year. This is our year, and March Madness is one of my favorite weekends of the year, and so I'm excited about it. Uh, but we're talking about church tonight, talking about Jesus, and in Jesus, in life in general, uh, really uh, balance is key. If you live long, uh, life long enough, you you begin to realize that you have to have a balance to life, that there has to be uh, something that you, you you can't just throw yourself a hundred percent at things sometimes because uh that's when you can trip up or miss up or 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 shoot yourself in the foot like balance is a good thing like if if you work too much, who knows that's when you can get burned out but if you work too little, who knows that's when you can <laughs> get cast out, right? Or, or you'd be too lazy. Like, if you uh, do anything too much, it's, it's not a good thing. Like, it, even if you drink too little water, you become dehydrated. But if you drink too much water, um, you drown, right? Too much of anything is a bad thing. The balance is key. And really, the only thing in our lives that we need to throw ourselves at 100% is, is after Jesus. If there's one thing I can say you can go all it for, and you'll always see the fruit be reaped, and that's the life for Jesus, that if you go all out on Jesus, there will never be a time where you fall, find yourself falling short uh, on this world or the one to come, that throwing yourself at Jesus is always the right thing to do. But when it comes to breakthroughs, uh, breakthrough in, in your life and in, in, into the next season that God has for you, it, it always comes at a balance. Uh, if, you've, if you've lived a life with Jesus, sometimes it can be confusing to think, God, uh, when should I wait? Uh, when should I pursue? When should I, uh, Father, uh, step out? Or when should I wait for the word from you? And We, we kind of have to have this balance to know when to uh, you know, get ready for a fight or when to step back and watch. God fight for you right it's 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 a it's a balance that has to be walked and that's what we're talking about tonight and when you continue in scripture in verse 8 just after what we read it says that the Lord he hardened the hearts of Pharaoh uh, king of Egypt so that he pursued everybody say pursued so he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly and the Egyptians and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near uh, Pi-Heroth opposite abel baal And as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them, and they were terrified. Everybody say terrified and cried out to the Lord. So let me paint the picture for you. So the Israelites, they have just now left um, from the grips of Pharaoh This a week ago. Um, all they've known is to be a slave. All they've known is to not have a life of their, of their own. And, and they have this recently, just less than a week, been out of captivity. And now they find themselves in this place where their backs are against the Red Sea, and the army of Pharaoh is galloping and running towards them. Um, They they hear the waves crashing behind them and hooves galloping towards them. They are quite literally in between a rock and hard place. Have you ever been to that place in your life where it seems like things are coming towards you and at the same time things are coming behind you and you have nowhere to escape and you you feel like that quite literally like hell has thrown everything at you? All at once, like the kids are going crazy, uh, the spouse going crazy, everybody's going crazy. All at once, you don't you don't know what to do. You you feel like you're trapped between a rock and a hard place. See, what the Israelites didn't know is that even though they were at the most pressured situation at that moment, their breakthrough was actually just moments away from them. See, when life begins to. Uh, throw everything it has at you, when the enemy begins to throw everything it has at you, uh, you have to realize that when you're close to your breakthrough, the enemy will try to break you. Let me say that again. When you are on the brink of a breakthrough, the enemy will try its hardest to break you right before it comes. The enemy will try its hardest right before you're about to start that business to try and attack your finances. The enemy will try its hardest right when you're about to have that conversation uh, with your parents or whatever it was that you felt on your heart to try to throw drama or whatever at it right before you're about to have a breakthrough with your family or relationships. Why? Because the enemy knows what happens when God's people breaks through. The enemy knows what happens when when you go across the Red Sea and step into your promise. The enemy knows what happens. So when you see hell forming uh, an army against you, know that, that, that hell doesn't have the upper hand. Know that it doesn't matter the weapon formed, that it won't prosper. Know that if God is for you, then who can stand against you? See, they, they see these forces coming against them. They had the Red Sea to their backs, and it felt like hope was lost. But can I say in that moment, even though it felt like everything was about to be broken down, but in quite uh, literally their breakthrough was just around the corner. So let me encourage you with this tonight starting off. Just because you feel like the are about to break down, hold on to your faith. Because that most likely means God's about to break you through something. It most likely means that God has something just on the other side. That you've been work, working towards, that you've been having, been praying about, but the enemy is trying everything in his power to try to stop you from that moment because he knows what happens when you cross the Red Sea. He knows what happens when the, when the people of God understand their purpose and step into the promises of God. He knows what happens when a believer steps into his purpose. In verse 11, when they see these things happen, you're looking around and and these these. Recently freed slaves are looking around, and they see themselves in, a, in, in the worst situation than they were before. Because in Egypt, at least they were alive, right? In Egypt, yes, they were slaves, um, but at least they didn't um, have the, the threats of, of losing their lives. And now they, they see the army of Pharaoh rushing towards them, and they have nowhere to escape. So in verse 11... It says, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So the Israelites, they looked around. And they were scared. They were afraid. They, they, they thought all hope was lost. And, and when you get scared, who knows, that's when you get stupid, right? Like if you look back on your life, some of the most stupidest things you've done was when you were most scared for your life. Was when you're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know if that's, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, and, and out of fear, you make decisions that mess up the things that God's trying to do on the inside of you. And you begin to make decisions like, you know, I know God has called me here, but people might talk about me. People might do this. I know God has called me to a higher level, but what if I lose that friendship? What if people uh, make fun of me? And because we are scared, we say, you know what, I would just rather, you know, instead of living my 100% for God, I would rather uh, just settle for these things. And because we get scared of things coming against us, we sometimes make stupid decisions. And so these Israelites, they, they they, are scared and, you know, they have just uh, seen all these things. They, they have just seen uh, God bring them out of Egypt. They, they've seen God send all these plagues to, to make Pharaoh uh, listen to him. They, they, they saw God uh, turn the, the Nile into blood. They watched God send locusts and frogs and and uh, uh, hailstorms, and they, they, they watched the angel of death go from house to house and kill the firstborn. They saw all these things, all these acts of God, and now they are outside of Egypt. Now that Pharaoh has released them, now they, they are just a week removed from that, and now they find themselves where they're going to lose their lives to Pharaoh. Israelites are looking around, and if you're reading this story, you would be confused as well. You would be looking up to God and say, God, what's the point of you taking me out of Egypt if I'm going to die in the desert? What's the point of you doing all those things if you were just going to let Pharaoh overtake us uh, just right outside of the Egypt uh, country, right near the Red Sea? They They were confused. They were confused. Has God ever done something in your life that you were confused about? I'll say that again. Has God ever confused you? here's the thing we should all raise our hands because scripture says that his ways are both our ways and his thoughts are both our thoughts so if god's done everything and you understood everything let me just break it to you that wasn't god like if you understand god's plan fully i'm sorry to bust your bubble but that's not god's plan god's plans most make you go oh my gosh god how are you gonna make that happen how are you gonna take me there how are these things gonna how is that gonna happen god i don't know that's how God's plan should make you feel. And the Israelites looking around, they are confused. They're saying, God, why would you even waste your time to bring us out of Egypt if we're going to die in the desert? They were confused of God's plan. They were confused of how God was going to work everything out. But here's point one for tonight, is that even when we are confused, God is still in control. Even when we are confused, God is still in control. See, even when we say, God, I don't fully understand, I don't fully know how you're going to make this happen, but God, I'm still going to trust that you're in control. God, I'm still c- going to trust that even though I don't know how everything's going to work out, and I don't get why you're doing what you're doing right now, God, like, God, I'm, I'm really confused, and I wouldn't have done it that way, but God, I'm still going to trust you, and I'm going to trust that you are in control. I'm going to trust that that your plan that you have, that the purpose that you have, that it's going to work out to its fruition, even if I don't fully understand it. I'm going to trust that you are in control. I'm going to trust that, yes, God, you might have put us in this moment. Yes, God, I might be in between a rock and a hard place, but I'm going to trust that, God, you have a way of uh, of escape. I'm going to trust that, God, you have a a plan uh, for me to be able to get out of this situation. See, sometimes God will will deliver us to places uh, or deliver deliver us out of Egypt to give us freedom, but sometimes he will deliver deliver things to our door to give us strength. Like, have you ever asked God, God, why did this happen? Like, I'm kind of confused about this. Like, I enjoyed you taking me out of Egypt, but why am I now in a rock and a hard place? Because here's the thing, church, they find themselves in between a rock and a hard place. They find themselves trapped, but yet they're still in God's will. Like, I would understand if if the Israelites found themselves in that predicament because they did something wrong. Like, because they didn't listen to what God was saying. But they listened to everything that God said in their lives, and yet they still find themselves in a problem. Yet they still find themselves in a situation they can't understand. See, this is why we can't just think that just because we have an issue, just because we have a pushback, then we're not in God's plan. We have to understand that even if things come against us, that doesn't mean that God isn't for us. Just because things don't go according to our plan, that doesn't mean we're outside of his plan. We need to understand that even though we get a pushback, a lot of times that's an indication we're going in the right direction. Not that we need to give up. So the Israelites, they find themselves in this place even though they were still in God's will so God was doing all these things on the inside of them. God was doing all these things. He was leading them, and they find themselves in this place. Sometimes we can uh, uh, be following after God, and sometimes we can be thinking that we, we have everything right. Like, you ever thought, you, like, I'm hitting my, my zone as a Christian? you ever thought that before? Like, I'm, I'm in my flow now. Like, I got my Bible reading planned down. Like, I've been praying. Like, I, like, 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 I'm in the flow, right? Like, there's never going to problems going to happen now. But it seems it's in those moments where we think we have entered uh, the almost a religious, I made it, that God sends something to, re- to remind you that it's not religion that's going to get you through. It- it's not that, that routine that's going to get you through. And we get in that moment, and that's when we realize, God, I'm in a rock, in a hard place. I need to realize, God, that I need you every day. I need, I, it doesn't matter how much I've read about you. It doesn't matter how much I pray. I still need to pray tomorrow. I still need to pray the next day and the next day because, God, each and every day I need you. He's reminding the Israelites. In verse 13, and then it says, when... Uh, Moses hears all these things. He hears the Israelites saying, send us back to Egypt. Uh, I can imagine uh, the, the Egyptian army racing towards them. And I can just imagine seeing people running away from them. I can imagine people running towards the Egyptians, just hoping to surrender so they, so they wouldn't be killed. And all this chaos, all this confusion, all these things, even though God has brought them out of Egypt, they, they feel like they have, are losing everything. But Moses tells this to the people in verse 13. He answered the people and said, do not be afraid. He said, stand firm. Everybody say, stand firm. Stand firm. He says, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And the Lord will, will fight for you. You need only to be still. These former slaves are, are staring death in the face, and I'm, I'm sure they have every indication, you know, that the fight or flight, you know, reaction we all have. Like, when Danes get bad, like, have you ever had something happen? Like, something falls in the house, and you think somebody's in there, you just run? You know, like, you like. Or there's some of us, we, we run away, and some of us, we grab something to fight with, right? I, I remember I heard something in the house a while ago, and I, like, I looked around, I just grabbed, like, a remote. Like, I'm walking around like this, I'm like... What is the remote going to do? I don't know, but something. But we all have that reaction, and they're, they, imagine that these slaves, these former slaves, looking at this army, the most powerful army on earth, racing towards them, and they have nowhere to run, and all they're thinking about is, how can I escape this? And God is saying, stand firm. God's saying, stand still. God's saying, don't move. There's times and moments in our life when we're going to see adversity, when we're going to see gossip, when we're going to see the things come against us, and the enemy is going to try to tell you, run for the hills. The enemy is going to try to tell you, it's time for you to get out of Dodge. It's time for you to abandon this plan. It's time to abandon your, these things that you thought God was going to do for you. And and But it's in those moments we have to stand firm. We have to stand firm and think, I know these things are coming against us, but there's a God that's for me. There's a God that has a plan for me. And I don't know how God is going to get me out of this. I, I don't know how God's going to get me through this. But I'm going to stand firm and trust that he does. So we, we have to stand firm. Turn to your neighbor and say, stand firm. That's point number two for tonight is stand firm. He told the Israelites, stand firm. Because there's going to be times we have to stand firm in what we believe. There's going to be times we have to stand firm in our faith. We, we stand firm in our character. We stand firm in the things of God because we're living in a world where it's only going to get worse. I hate to break it to you. If you think there's going to be a time where it's going to be cool to be a Christian, there's never going to be that time. You're going to have to stand firm. There's going to be times where people are going to say opposite what God says and, and tell you to do opposite of what God's telling you to do. And But you have to stand firm. And say, no, I know my conviction, I know my calling, I know my purpose, I know where God's taking me, and I see what you're saying, but I'm standing firm in who God says I am. We have to stand firm against the culture, against what people are trying to tell us what to do. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying listen to Jesus, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying make sure you stand firm in the Word of God, not the Word of man. Stand firm in what God is telling you, not what anybody else is telling you, because those things will fade and go away and... the word of man will fail, but the word of God, that is what stands forever. So there will be times when we will be going in, in, this, in this life, and, and I hate to break it to you, but even us as Christians, we will still experience difficulty. We will still experience things coming against us and, and adversity and things coming our way. And, but here's what separates us from everybody else is that we don't have to run. We don't have to, have to think that we're all alone. We don't have to think that we're taking on all these things by ourselves. But as children of God, when we see adversity, now we see an opportunity for God to do something amazing. When things are coming towards us, we don't have to think, how am I going to figure this out? All we have to say is, God got this. I just got to stay firm in him. I just got to stay firm in my belief. I just got to stay firm in my devotion with him, and God will get me through there will be times when hell's going to try to tell you, hey, you need to give up on this Jesus thing. You need to give up on this church thing. You need to give up on this tithing thing, on this giving. Whatever it is, the enemy is going to try to tell you to give it up. But you're to say, God, I'm, uh, I'm going to stay firm in you, Jesus. Even if God, God, if God placed me here, then God can get me out of here as well. I don't care what it is. As long as God is with me, I'm standing firm with him. In verse 15. There's a verse after all this, then the Lord said to Moses, he so said, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Everybody say move on. Move on. Tell the Israelites to move on. Now I'm confused. One verse after God's saying, stand firm, be still, right? Now he's saying move on. Now he's saying, hey, it's time for you to go. It's time for you to move. It's time for you to put action into it. And, and it can be confusing. You can be like, God, oh, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to stand firm or move on? You want me to be still or keep going? What do you want me to do? But I believe that's where the balance kicks in. I believe that it's not either or or, but it's both. I, well, what if there's supposed to be a balance to this life with Jesus where we need to stand firm in some things, but there's things we've got to move on from. We need to stand firm in the name of Jesus but we need to move on some, from some old ma- names that we have taken on in our past. We need to stand firm in faith. We've got to move on from fear. See, because when the Israelites, they, when they took that first step into the Red Sea, when they took that first step uh, into uh, uh, the, the miracle that God had for them, and when he parted the Red Sea, when they took that first step, that was their first step of them moving on from their past moving on from their life as a slave and their past as being a uh, part of the Egyptian culture. They, they, when they took that first step, that was them moving on from that past. And when that Egyptian army chased after them, who knows that the Red Sea washed them all away. And that represents the past uh, of the Israelites, the past of their Egyptian slavery being washed away. Did you know when you took on the name of Jesus, that was your first step taken into a new promise? into a new plan, and that the blood of Jesus washed away everything that was associated with your old man, with your old self. And so quite literally, when you took on the name of Jesus, all the things that were past is nowhere to be found. All you have is a future now. That is taking your first step with him in the name of Jesus. And so we all need to turn to the mercy, move on, move on. That's point three for tonight, is that there's things we have to move on from. We have to be able to move on from them. If we try to take on the the, the name of Jesus but still hold on and to the things of our past, we're going to be at a standstill. We're, we're not going to be able to, to go to the places that God has for us, but we have to move on. We have to be able to move on from unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is the number one thing that will keep you where you're at your whole life. Unforgiveness is the number one thing that will keep you uh, uh, unsatisfied with life. It will keep you thinking that uh, life is unfair. Unforgiveness is the number one thing we've got to move on from. Jesus even said, if you can't forgive them, how can I forgive you? We have to move on from our forgiveness, and we have to move on from bitterness, and and we have to move on from, from the things of our past and the lifestyles of our path. We, we have to move on, because here's the reality. All those things, they're not worth sacrificing our promise for all those things aren't worth sacrificing our purpose for the israelites they had a choice they could have either moved on or gone back with the egyptians they could either moved on what god would had for them or go back to what they had see the israelites they they had just gotten out of being a, uh, a slave for 400 years but they didn't start out as slaves in egypt if you know the story, right, Joseph, he, he was the first Jew in, in Egypt, and, and he became the second in command. And, and because of that, he brought all his family to, to Egypt. And for the first couple of, of uh, generations, it was, it was really nice to be a, a, a Jew in, in Egypt, an Israelite in Egypt. It was really nice. But see, Egypt wasn't their promise. Egypt wasn't their promised land. But because it was convenient and easy, they, told, they, they decided to stay. They decided to settle. They decided to stay uh, and settle for things that were less than the promised land. And because of that, their numbers grew in Egypt. And we know the story of of the uh, Pharaoh became intimidated by the numbers of the Israelites. And so he decided to make them all slaves to keep the numbers down. And that's how they became slaves in Egypt. I said all that to say this if you settle for anything less than God's best, pretty soon you're, you're going to become, not, not only will you settle for less, but you're going to be imprisoned by the less. You're going to settle for, for what God never had or nor intended you to stay. There's seasons of life, somebody say move on. There's seasons of life you got to move on from. I don't care how good it may be. I don't care how great your past may be. I don't care. All those things, God has something better on the way. And if you have a mindset of saying, God, I just want to stay here. I want to get comfortable here. I want to, God, I like it here. I, you know, God, it's, it's convenient here. It might be convenient for a moment, but pretty soon that's going to turn into something that you're complacent about. Now God's telling, hey, hey, you remember how you used to do all those things for me? And you remember how you used to pray? I, yeah, I know, God, I know. But see, you have to be able to move on. You have to move on from those things. We can't settle for anything less than God's promises. We have to move on from the, the, the Lord that the world tries to tell us is, is worth it. We have to move on from the things that the, the world tells us is, is, is better. Even Jesus, he, he had the, the decision when he went and he was being tempted uh, by the devil. The devil showed him, right, all of the kingdoms and all the things that most of us would be a lord to. And he said, if you just bow down and worship me, all these things will be yours. But Jesus knew all those things. They weren't worth his purpose. They weren't worth the promise that was on his life. We have to be the same way. We have to be able to move on from all the things the world tells us to settle for. We have to be able to move on from the things that the world says, hey, this is worth it. Hey, stay here. No, we got to move on from those things because God has something greater. God has something better. God has something in store for every single one of us. I'm telling you, your promised land is way better than your present circumstance. I said all that to say this: never be confused and think that the present is going to be better is better than the promise. Never think, oh, where I'm at now, God, I'm fine. I, you know, uh, yes, I might be uh, a slave to some things, but I'm I'm comfortable where this at. Never be uh, so convinced that the present is going to be better than the future. God always has something on the way. Can you stand with me? I'm closing. So I was reading this story, you, you, you read uh, the scripture and, and God's telling the, the Israelites that they need to stand firm, right? Everybody say stand firm. But then he says, move on. Everybody say move on. Move on. And I was thinking about God, stand firm and move on. That's two all, totally opposite things. What, what do you want us to do, God? Do you want us to, to stand firm or move on? And that's when I began to realize it's, that's the balance of breakthrough is that you have to be able to stand firm, but also move on. You have to be able to stand firm in faith, but move on from fear. You have to be able to stand firm in your identity when the world tries to tell you you're less, when the world tries to tell you that, that you're not going to uh, amount to anything, and when, when people try to convince you of things. You have to stand firm in your identity. But you got to move on from insecurity. you got to move on from what you might be thinking is holding you back. So the balance of breakthrough is that we have to know what we stand firm on and we have to know what we have to move on from. We have to know where to stand firm and to move on. It's a closing point for tonight. is that we have to stand firm in faith, but we've got to move on from fear. If we could boil it down, the balance of breakthrough is that stand firm in your faith, but move on from fear. There's always going to be things that tell you less, that tells you that tells you it's not going to happen, that tells you it's not going to amount, that tells you it's not going to make sense. Those are the thoughts we got to move on from. Those are the thoughts we say, I'm not going to let that hold me back. I'm not going to let the past hold me back. I'm not going to let these insecurities hold me back. I'm going to move on from those things. But then we have to be able to stand firm in the word of God, stand firm in the promises of God, stand firm that if God said it, then it's going to happen, and I'm going to stand firm in that. Stand firm in the identity that you have in Christ. Stand firm in what God is telling your purpose is. Stand firm and don't forget it. Stand firm and don't get t- take it as common. Stand firm and don't think that the world ha- can offer something better. We have to stand firm in what God tells us, but move on what the world tries to convince us of. With every head bowed and eyes closed, what I really pray for tonight is this. It's God, what do I need to stand firm on and what do I need to move on from? God, I want this breakthrough. I see it in front of me. God, I, I see this promise. I see this plan. But God, tell me how to balance it. Tell me, Father, what I need to stand firm on and tell me what I need to move on from. Tell me that I need to, what, this, the words I need to stand firm on, the identity, the purpose, God, the, the plan that you have that I need to stand firm on, God. But tell me what I need to move on from. I might need to move on from a relationship. I might need to move on from an addiction. I might need to move on from uh, some kind of, of hold back and set back that, that is, is keeping me out of the breakthrough that you have. God, tell me what I need to move on from. Just like the Israelites, they were in a situation where they felt like they were in between a rock and a hard place. The army of Pharaoh was coming against them, and the waves, of the Red Sea was behind them, and some of us might feel like that in this place tonight. But Father, remind us of your faithfulness and of your power. God, remind us how you can do anything. Remind us, Father, that it doesn't matter what kind of situation we find ourselves in. It's not too big for you. Remind us, God, it doesn't matter what's coming against us, God. More is for us, God. It doesn't matter what the enemy might try to uh, weaponize against us, God. Mighty is your name, God. Mighty is your works, Father. Mighty is your power, and nothing can compare. So as we begin to worship, as we begin to sing, have this thought, have this prayer, and, and for the Holy Spirit wants to talk to us tonight. Say, God, what do I need to stand firm on? What are some things that I've been loose with? What are some things that I have been, uh, Father, to, uh, Father, lenient with that I need to stand firm on? What are some convictions? What are some values? What are some, uh, Father, some words that I need to stand firm on? God, what are some things I need to move on from? What are some, Father insecurities some weaknesses maybe it's unforgiveness whatever it is god tell me father as we begin to pray let's begin to sing together and let's worship together let's begin to allow the holy spirit do what he does best come on let's sing